0: This is Mouth Media Network, Audio for Business.
1: Hello and welcome to Fashion is Your Business. I'm Mark Rako. Every once in a while, we love to feature and revisit episodes that will bring big value. With Poshmark's recent announcement that they're collaborating with Snap to bring social shopping to Snapchat. But we thought we'd revisit with founder Manish Chandra and co-founder Tracy Sun on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas from a few years ago. Uh, It's a great conversation, a great look at Poshmark and their mission. And uh, we thought you'd get a lot out of it. So enjoy. And we'll be back with all new episodes very soon.
0: From New York City. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fashion Is Your Business. This one recorded on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're excited because we've got a twofer for you today. We've got Manish Chandra, the founder and CEO, and Tracy Sun, the co-founder and VP of merchandising for a company I know you've heard of called Poshmark, which, of course, is a social marketplace for fashion. And I think you should get ready to get social because the interview starts right now.
2: Hi, this is Manish Chandra. I'm the founder and CEO of Poshmark. And what I love about fashion is it truly allows you to embrace your weirdness.
3: Hi, my name is Tracy Sanam, co-founder and VP of merchandising at Poshmark. And what I love about fashion is that every single person in this world participates in it every single day.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Oh, boy, oh, boy, are we happy you're here with us today. And I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rico, and to my left, Mr. Puffinball. Hey, you. And sitting in for uh, Mr. Rob Sanchez, but uh, quite capably, I might say, is our friend, uh, occasional guest host, and host of Top Talk, Liz Basilar.
4: Hey, Mark. My voice, it's still worse from South by Southwest. <laughs>
1: All right, well, we'll try to we'll try to limp through it. So, <laughs> Let's do this. All right, so we're so excited to have also with us, of course, Tracy's son who's the co-founder and VP of merchandising for Poshmark, and Manish Chandra, the founder and CEO of Poshmark. Welcome to both of you. So glad to have you on the show.
3: Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you for having us. All right, and Tracy, you've been on the show before. <laughs>
3: I have, when was it, two years ago? It it's seems... been about
0: two years now, yeah.
1: Man,
3: it seems like an Wild. eternity. <laughs> that was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was a
0: good time. We, we we had a good time with your name. I don't know why. Like, we harped on that for a while.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those well, names, we you know? just love saying your name. Oh,
0: just Tracy is such a unusual was, name. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, uh, you don't <laughs> right? hear it every day. So. Can we
3: do but, that again?
0: <laughs> Can we just keep saying Tracy's son all day? You can't, you can't go back. You just can't, can't, reload, can't create the magic. I would encourage people uh, that are listening to this episode or are interested um, on their... Uh, trajectory over the last couple of years is to actually revisit episode 42 of Fashion is Your Business. Damn, 42. We're at 160 or 70 or something like that, right? <laughs> you are episode 42. Um, so, yeah, I would encourage you guys to go back there, uh, listen, visit uh, Poshmark in. Uh, 2015, and uh, and let's compare it to 2017. I'm I'm assuming some things have changed in the last couple of years. Well, let's see what's changed.
1: Let's start out with like we do on the show, which is a kind of Reader's Digest thumbnail sketch of who you are and what Poshmark is all about. And since we had Tracy on the show before, let's start with Manish.
2: So uh, Poshmark is really built with a very different focus. We've built a marketplace where anybody can buy and sell, but with a huge focus on social. So think of Poshmark as part Facebook, part a gaming company, part eBay, part Nordstrom, and part Zara all mixed together. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a little over 2 million seller stylists who are now running uh, a business that's fairly large. It exceeds the size of most retail chains in America. And um, the average active user is addicted. To the platform, they spend somewhere between 20 to 25 minutes a day, and open the app seven to nine times a day. Wow! Uh, and one of the they interesting... open
0: the app 75 no, times. No, seven a day. to nine.
2: Oh seven my
4: God! Calm down, oh, Bevan. Wow! <laughs> like, oh, that <laughs> I'm is pretty sure there's some. <laughs> there who is open a group who, do, times who, a day. Do, who does yeah. do it. So, seven
1: nine seven to nine times well. I don't have any apps except my mail. What's, what's, uh, what's the nine Facebook,
2: nine Facebook average opens day? Roughly the same. Facebook, Snapchat is roughly the same. So that's the uh, social part of the system, and what we've done particularly in the last two years, is really expanded our scope from um, just being focused on women's fashion to now having men's and kids' fashion, but also built out the ability for fashion brands to partner with Poshmark. And I'll let Tracy talk a little bit about all of those things that we are doing there.
3: Yeah, so we've made a lot of progress on this front in the last two years, and this is what I personally focus on at the business, so I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, What I do and and what we've been focused on is, is these 2 million seller stylists that are on our platform launching their businesses we are just helping them grow and grow and grow so you know if you make twenty dollars that's great make two hundred dollars make two thousand dollars and now some of our top sellers are making well over two hundred thousand dollars um doing a lot of really innovative things growing out of selling from their closet into partnering with manufacturers and and brands to sell their inventory and even launching their own private label
1: Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at dot at story.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com.
4: We're talking about partnerships with brands. How does it work? How does it work uh, for a brand to be able to partner with the marketplace?
3: Well, so going back to our purpose and, and vision is really to create a platform where these 2 million seller stylists can thrive. And they start with inventory in their own closet, which is something you might be wearing or maybe hanging there that you haven't worn. But what we see is you very quickly as you grow your business, uh, sell everything you have or everything you're willing to part with. And so what we're doing is arming our seller styles with more and more inventory that's out there. And if you think about the fashion industry, there's a lot of inventory sitting in warehouses. So what we do mm-hmm. is we are... Partnering our sellers with the owners of these this, these warehouses and saying, you know what, our sellers are really savvy uh, sellers. They know how to sell on mobile. Let's let's put this partnership together. Well,
0: this is a wild evolution that happened over the last couple of years. So that when we spoke with you originally, your positioning of Poshmark was slightly different. And Manish, we had met in maybe 2013 uh, through Liza Kindred's uh, events and uh, an announcement that you made back then, and then in 2015 we sat with Tracing. There is a huge growth. The difference between when we sat down with you and now, and I was shocked at this, and this is probably what, about a year ago, where is where you opened up the inventory, the um, the wholesale inventory from your partners to power sellers. So before you were positioning as, oh, you could sell your stuff in your closet. And when you started noticing the power sellers building businesses, and, and that's Manish when I met you, you actually had a power seller there talking about her story. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is really empowering. And um, and how they're actually just retail stores now you're positioning them as two million stylist retailers. Um, yeah, but yeah. essentially it started with just people, right yes. like in,
2: in their closets. So, so what's what's amazing about Poshmark is that the vision and the blueprint for what we are doing has been the same since day one. It's mm-hmm. just that each layer is being rolled out successively. Yeah. So our focus has always been to serve our seller stylist yeah. The focus has always been to enable them. And in fact, if you look at the very first slide we put together for the investors, we had a picture which said this much percentage of the revenue for our sellers will come from resale. This one will come from boutiques and this will will come when they create their own fashion brands. Yeah. Wait, can we you pause s-
3: here for a second? We actually, Manish and I, went back and we fished out that very first presentation we put together to oh, pitch wow. for, for mm-hmm. uh, seed financing. And that's what he's talking about. I mean, aside the fact that it looks super dated because it was so long. Yeah.
2: Awesome. And I think the, the thing from a brand's perspective, which is very unique, is that what is happening in today's fashion market is connecting to the customer is super hard. Mm-hmm. And so think of our seller stylist as the last mile to connect to a customer. So, for example, you could say, take the same dress. And five or 10 of our seller stylists will style it completely differently. And each of them actually takes that product and creates version one, version two, version three, version four. And that's something that just cannot be done. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you had a visual, I could actually show you the seller stylist who's created our own catalog from brand. And she's posted on stamp. She says 21 year old. Mm-hmm. And that is the power is you're getting a 21-year-old person to go out there and really transform your brand. And I think that's really the future of brand. When brands start to interact with people and really evolve in a live way, it's the future of media, you know, when you're sort of interacting with people. And that's sort of what Poshmark is facilitating. And we're doing it on a very solid e-commerce platform, Mm. so it really facilitates a transaction as well. But it is this interaction and engagement that is completely morphing uh, in terms of how consumers are engaging with fashion. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean. And how
4: does the algorithm work? Is, there, is it possible to focus on certain geographies? Because when you think about brands, um, certain brands, if they want to get rid of excess inventory, they don't want it in certain markets.
0: Mm.
2: It's
4: a concern to protect the brand.
2: Yeah, so what we are partnering with is actually not excess inventory at all. We are only focusing on primary stuff because excess inventory is already there. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, if you look at women's fashion till uh, end of 2015, we had both the Ebays and the Nordstrom Rack style inventory in massive quantities. What we launched end of 2015 and 2016 is more your Zara and Nordstrom-style inventory mm. that they have access to. So it isn't It is the excess inventory. It is actually primary inventory that they want to sell. Uh-huh. What is wow. happening here is that that inventory is being transformed and styled in so many different ways that fundamentally you're able to connect that piece to many, many things, which is, which is exactly, I mean, our largest audience is millennials. And really think of it as participatory commerce as opposed to just social commerce.
0: Who is your uh, client profile right now? Is this still a woman, um, a millennial woman? Or has it changed and have you started getting a a male audience as well? We launched
2: male um, uh, category in end of July, beginning of August in 2016. And that business is growing extremely fast as well. But of course, we have five-year head start on the business. So primarily our community is still primarily women. Majority being uh, from millennials, but we have equal part baby boomers, younger, older mm. audience. So it and the other thing which is really amazing well, about what's Poshmark, the
0: age grouping of
2: the the male um, uh, male profile. is it's too early to tell. It's only four months old. Okay. It's growing very very fast, but it's 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 too early to tell. Uh, the the point I was going to make was that one of the amazing things about Poshmark is it is very broadly distributed. It's not just in New York, L.A., San yeah. Francisco. It is you literally can take the smallest zip code in the country. And someone's on it. And type it in and you'll find at least 100 seller stylists active in that community. Wow.
3: It's actually a fun game. It's like a party game for us. A nerdy party game is to plug your zip code into Poshmark and, and if just see. And if, <laughs> if it's under 100,
0: you guys start concentrating on that zip code be a little bit. If your childhood
3: <laughs> friends are selling on Poshmark and check out their yeah. style, it, it can Christ. get quite entertaining. Yeah. It, how,
0: how are you trying to attract the Generation Z? I, I mean, I'm a, is, is chat a big uh, function or a part of this at this point?
2: conversation is you know so Mm -hmm. it's really more back and forth conversation communication it's happening within the within the app itself are you Um, using bots for that at all no we're not using bots for it today Uh, so one of the the new innovations we are doing is so our sellers have always been curating so one of the amazing stats about poshmark is that every day our sellers curate at the current velocity, seven million items. That's a lot. Just six months back, they were curating three and a half million items. That when just you gives mean you a curating, sense.
0: curating, um, that means adding onto the site or adding uh, onto the stores? Sharing, so sharing. It's, it's,
2: yeah, so, it's like Tracy may have posted 50 items, Liz may have posted 20 items. I can go and curate her items to my audience because everyone has a follower network. Yeah. Liz can yeah. do that. What that does is it really allows massive amounts of discovery. On top of that, we run our algorithms that then connects and builds a personalized feed for each user this exposure of this inventory also allows each seller stylist to build out an audience and so one of the magical things for poshmark mm-hmm. is that each seller stylist as they grow on poshmark 70 to 75% of their business comes from repeat traffic repeat so the same store sales on poshmark you're going yep. to the store that you like exactly yeah. and that's where people start so in fact one of the features we launched a few months back is something called posh now at the very top of the feed, you see faces, and those faces are your favorite stylist. So you tap on it, you go quick. Yeah, that's.
4: I and how about the community? I remember uh, when we met up also years ago. Um, I went to one of the community events, and community events was something that was right at the core, and was kind of hilarious to see how many groupies you have, Monish. There's a lot of a lot of girls He's got out some there. Fans. I know the fan base is strong, so. I remember you saying how important it was, these community events to galvanize, to allow them to connect with each other, to share stories. Is this still part of the called brand? it something.
2: Uh, is, yeah, it's, it's, it's called going? a Bosch party. We, I just, in, in fact, as I was flying into Vegas, I was flying to New York and Boston. And if you remember last week in New York, we had that massive snowstorm on yep. Tuesday. So we our event was scheduled for Tuesday. We uh, pushed okay. it out to Wednesday and was still packed. The women drove nice. in from Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut, Philly, D.C., to attend the event. How many of the posh parties do you guys actually show up to? I try to make it to almost all of the ones that we host. <laughs> really? He's How committed. How many people are we talking about that attend these things? Um, so this one had close to 400 people.
0: Holy shit. And is it only open to power sellers?
2: No, it's open to Everybody. any posh. Anybody, even non-poshers.
0: Yeah, this is one of those things. We interviewed um, Kick, right, which is a messaging app. That's um, what I was thinking um, about. Not terribly too. long ago. And when we started asking about their engagement and audience, they're like, "Yeah, there's 300 million users, like registered users." What the f? Like that, this is one of those moments where every time I sit down with you guys, I have a what the fuck moment. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> it's it's staggering.
4: Uh, I'm looking at what, uh, the app right now, and I'm looking at the events, and you have the. Everything Plus Size Party, the Top Trends Party, the Style Crush Party, the Men's Style <laughs> Party, Best in Jeans. Best in Jeans. And, I, and we are here at Shop Talk, and retailers are talking about how to make an experiential, how do you talk about the future. Others say it's Omni Channel, it's Customer Journey Channel. You've been doing this for so long, yeah, and, like- I, and we don't see that in major multi-brand retailers. I don't, I don't get it
2: yeah our philosophy from day one when we were starting this company, Tracy and I and a couple of other co-founders were sitting in a cafe and we were discussing product features and all of that and then suddenly we sort of we started this company with a focus on something and so we had this epiphany which was
3: when we you're looking at me as if I, I, I can't. No, as, as if yeah, you we should be, be completing a sentence yeah, we're right now. Yeah, now. Yeah, You're we're doing, doing something here. <laughs> when we focus, on, <laughs> when <laughs> we focus
2: on people, we win.
3: Oh, yes, mm. yes. And then we give each Tracy. other a group hug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is so sweet. Yeah. How, did you so, How did you guys meet?
0: How did this all start?
3: We met through a, a mutual friend. Yeah. And uh, I, I that's the simple story. I think the longer story is What that, year are we talking? 2010. Okay, when did the idea spark? Two thousand nine, right?
2: Yeah. That was time, there right the way. original idea is something I had when I was building Caboodle, but then okay. got rejuvenated few months after I met Tracy. Actually, watching the a high school football game with at my son's high school. Oh, nice! Where the the high school uh, what do you call the homecoming queen was wearing a dress which she had bought in a secondhand store. So it kind of like brought oh, that whole journey back. That's so cool! But okay. going back okay. to uh, to Tracy and I, we met through a common friend that um, Tracy had who uh, happened to also be with our first investor, Mayfield. Okay. So they kind of brought us together with a mutual quest. I was looking for someone who really knew fashion top-down.
3: Oh, yes. And I and, and my journey was the opposite. I, yeah. As you guys know, I, I grew up in the New York, New York City area and yeah. know fashion quite well and moved out to San Francisco looking for a really smart, visionary, uh, mm. strong technology um, partner And uh, found that in Manish. Yeah,
0: that's great. Um, Um, I have some news. Oh, what do you got?
3: Uh I just
4: found Valentino shoes. They're amazing. On
0: Poshmark. On Poshmark. How much?
3: Listen, it's Valentino, man. Yeah, no. Six hundred bucks. It's a sell
4: for me. I'll take it.
3: Those are Uh. gorgeous. And she has my phone right now, so she could just buy that with like yeah, yeah, one click.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, Buy now. Done. Tracy,
0: enjoy your new Valentino shoes. Are, are we playing with house money right now? That's fantastic. You size seven.
3: Yeah. That is the hazards right. of showing Poshmark <laughs> to friends. Your credit card's right in there. Yeah. That's, That's good, Liz. <laughs> and a
0: perfect
1: moment to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have much more with Tracy Sun and Manesh Chandra of Poshmark right here on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas. More fashion is your business when we come back.
2: Culture starts at the top and great customer experience. The only competitive strategy in today's world is fueled by great leadership. We hear and read this every day, but many brands don't drive customer-first strategy. For those at the top who want to make that leap but don't know how, we'll learn from leaders who share what you must do to become customer-centric. I am Liliana Petrova and this is The One Thing.
1: The One Thing, customer experience from the top, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the best podcasts are found.
0: So again, going back to you guys working with brands, I thought when I first came across that, that was one of those holy shit moments that um, even despite all the growth up to that point, I said, this is a complete game changer and a different level now. How many brands, though? I'm curious. How many brands are you actually working with? How many are opened up their inventory for your sellers?
3: We're working with about a hundred brands or so.
0: And what's the profile of the brands? Do they span?
3: They span. They span. We have uh, brands you've never heard of that are selling um, really trendy items at value priced. We have handbags. We have shoes. We have some beauty companies. We did. Uh, we did a pilot with Rebecca Minkoff uh, last year, which mm-hmm. was really successful. So we're really we're really Playing around and seeing what our shoppers and sellers love. Okay. How? What portion of those brands are luxury brands? We don't. We have luxury items on Poshmark. We're not focusing on that because our shopper they're they're willing to spend, but the they deal. really like value. They want a good deal, and so we're focused on really providing the best merchandise for our shoppers. Yeah. So is, whereas
0: you'll see the Manolo Blonics because people are selling their own. Um, but what they're really looking to dig into the inventory is the more easier, the easier sale, right? I mean, because I remember people were thrift shopping, notes, right? And then they were coming yeah. out there and, and selling it. They were really starting their own retail merchandising at home. But
4: and then that's... when you think of contemporary brands, I love the community that you bring. I think there's so many lessons in retail and e-commerce in the motions of the growth of Poshmark. But what worries me and my challenge to you is... I see where you're heading as this platform that could create growth for retail and actually physical retail as well. But then your tagline is, come get these items at 70% off. And that's just incredibly discouraging for a brand as a partner. That, that's your core value. Yeah.
2: So Yeah, so the, the way to think about us is today is we, are, we have a very systematic business strategy. And so we started where you would think it's just a resale shop. Then you started to see it as becoming an outlet shop. Now you're starting to see the Zara, the value pricing happening. Who knows what comes next? let yeah. That's so a good we one. we
4: might change the tagline someday. You, well,
2: you, how do you how do you get over that it's, hurdle? It's, right it's now, no, so. our, our, that's not a tagline. That's a specific um, uh, message that may have, you may have seen in a online direct marketing ad. Our tagline is very simply "style without limits." Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Very simple.
0: And and a hundred brands—that's quite a bit. Um, how many sellers are able to access that? Because there has to be a threshold on you know, their level of activity in order to actually access that.
3: Yeah, we, we, so not all our sellers have access to that. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that we introduce sellers to this type of more sophisticated inventory when they're ready in mm. their life cycle of selling. So uh, we have tens of thousands of sellers that participate uh, and really just purchase from, from these brands.
4: It's interesting because it's an extension of a business trend that I see right now, which is leveraging. You're talking about leveraging the consumer to be the seller. um, And a trend that I've seen is also leveraging the salesperson at the store to be this brand ambassador 24 hours. There are companies like SalesFloor that allows you, when the store is closed, you Mm -hmm. still keep communicating with the client. And I see you echoing that. And it's interesting to see how... The answer for the mm-hmm. future of retail is already here if they only pay attention to growth of companies like yours. But my question to you is, path to physical retail. It's got to be, like, I see the events and it screams pop up. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Come on. Give it to me.
2: Yeah, I, the, 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 the big thing that's happening in physical world for us right now is we're doing a lot of experimentation. Um you know, you have to build the right model uh, in terms of what we want to do. But our philosophy from day one has been that the future of retail is discover anywhere, transact anywhere, and fulfill anywhere. And today, the store that really fulfills that vision is the Apple store. There's really no other sort of retail model that truly mm. fulfills that vision. Uh, in fashion with, you know, we have at any given point in over 20 million SKUs in the system. It's the exact opposite of an Apple store. So to build out a true vision of Discover Anywhere, Transact Anywhere, Fulfill Anywhere, where you have physical part of sort of the virtual, uh, it takes a lot of innovation. So there's a lot of work we are doing, um, but we're not you know, completely ready to roll out the strategy there yet.
4: When are we gonna see it? Come on, let's get a date from him. When are we gonna see a Poshmark <laughs> pop-up store? Uh,
2: I, I think we're thinking of something very different than a pop-up store. So we are actually thinking of something that will be uh, a very immersive experience. So being at
1: Shop Talk, what are you, um, in terms of the information and and ideas that you can gather while you're here, what kinds of things are you trying to learn or gather here and absorb that can help you with that mission or whatever part of your mission that lies ahead?
3: For me, it's been really great to talk to retailers and brands uh, of all different sizes to really understand in their words what their pain points are and how they think about the industry, which is very, very different from how we think about it. And ultimately, we need to understand from their mouth uh, what what they perceive to be challenging to their growth. Because ultimately, Manish and I both believe that Poshmark is going to be a really, really major channel and solution to solve Mm -hmm. it.
0: Now, just reflecting back on your journey so far, um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of moments that you could probably point to uh, that were, you know, extremely important or vital to to where you are now. Can you uh, unfold some of those circumstances? And it doesn't have to be like these aha moments. It could have been things that, you know, when we we talk about um, internally the growth and success of this show you know, we could now anecdotally figure out like, okay, this probably worked. Like I think like, without this, it wouldn't have done that. So what are some of the intangibles that people might not see on the outside, whether it's funding success and crap like that, but what are the things internally that you may have done intentionally or unintentionally that have really
2: brought you to this place? To me, the first sort of uh, thing that happened was um, we introduced this notion of sharing to make the inventory fresh, which is this engine of curation. Mm. And when we put that in place, it was derived from a lot of the media experience that I've had before. And we put that in place. And there was a lot of trepidation because we didn't know you know, if people will get noisy, et cetera. Mm. Well, that sharing, which is this curation engine, has become the heart of sort of how liquidity happens, how addiction happens, how sellers get exposure, and how also niche brands and major brands can find an audience on Vashmark. Mm did we think about all of those things? David? Absolutely not. We just wanted to build this little click. Today, when people do it 7 million times a day, and that is the way that the whole network grows, it's become the lifeblood. It's become the the heartbeat of Poshmark. And that, to me, is total serendipity today.
0: Yeah. I mean, to get this level of engagement, everybody here is trying to figure that out. So I'm wondering that, you know, when, when Mark says, what type of things are you looking to learn here? I almost feel like, you you guys should be teaching every yep, damn session, right? Like, I mean, beyond, beyond the engagements, everything for a brand, right? So merchandising, engagement, uh, communication. One thing I'm curious actually about is similar to Kick, how they allow brands to be part of the communication. Are you allowing brands now to actually um, involve themselves in the conversation that's happening on your platform around their brand? And if not, are you going to be able, to, are you going to allow that access?
3: We do. In our, mm. in our wholesale channel, the brands are actually, uh, we give them a lot of control okay. over what to what to make available, how to photograph it, how now, to price it. what about on a customer the customer service
0: side? So they, okay, so they're helping their store associates, essentially, which are the poshers. Do we call them poshers? Yeah, okay. uh, okay. poshers, seller, style. Okay, yeah. So, that, and that makes complete sense. But how about on the consumer level? Are they able to walk into the conversation that's happening?
2: Not today. We've, we've talked about it. So, we have an area which we call a brand page where, you know, you connect with a brand, you follow mm-hmm. them, and then you get broadcast. And they, and they have stuff. their own yeah, profile. Yeah. The, their own profile. We've talked about giving uh, pieces there, but it's not there yet in terms of uh, because there is a ton of um Both the inventory, but there's also a ton of engagement that the consumers post. So they post Mm -hmm. their own photos, they post their own thoughts, they post their own descriptions. So it is actually a perfect place to bring the brand into the conversation. Uh, Haven't taken it in that direction yet.
4: It's a good idea. And on the brands, do you think cross-border? There's a lot of cross-border talk here as well. Uh, We talked about different markets before. How is the market expansion for you guys?
2: So uh, for us, the first thing is, if for our we are currently only in US, is for enabling our US-based seller stylists to service a broader audience across mm-hmm. the world. So it's really more shipping outside from United States to other countries, and that is really focused on the fact that we see a lot of demand coming. You'll see daily emails coming. Here I live in Australia. Here I live in UK. I live in such and such country, how can I actually buy this item? Or I just found this dress and i want to buy that. So that's sort of our first thrust. And then the second phase would be to then establish local seller stylist networks in different countries.
4: But why have you done that already? Like he that, did that so quickly. Come on, Manish. Yeah.
2: Liz, the, the challenge in being the business we are in is to scale it and build it. You have to remain very focused. I mean, yeah. if you look at the history of fashion e-commerce. So many great companies have died by expanding so quickly. Uh, we have been ultra disciplined. So really the challenge for me over the last five years has been how many things to say no to as mm. opposed to yes to. Because I can, even right now, I have 16 different initiatives that I have to prioritize to just choose two right? And that's the discussion we are having. Uh, because being in fashion business is by, like being a kid in a candy land, right? There's just so many opportunities. And the, we're talking fashion, we also can expand into beauty and home. And each of these yeah. things are big categories calling out for us. So you will see us as we are gaining muscle and gaining momentum and becoming bigger to be able to do these things faster. Uh, but building out a platform that is robust, that scales that is ability to sort of service retail, resale, wholesale simultaneously, Ship, figuring out shipping, logistics, returns. It takes time. And right now, it's starting to work like a f- machine. And now is the time to sort of expand. I think that's the
4: quote of the day, Pavan.
2: Yeah.
1: So I find it interesting, uh, Manish, that you said 16 different initiatives, which to me meant that I'm assuming that wasn't an arbitrary number. You know you have 16 initiatives. So my question is, at this point in your business, we're... You're at a tipping point a little bit in your business, it's a, a little perpetual a big tipping, tipping, tipping point, point. It's a huge tipping <laughs> <So> point, <laughs> <laughs> really, right? And and so, what can both of you share from your seats up to other speaking from the position, not as people in the fashion industry or or even tech, technical people or any of that, just as business people about knowing your business inside and out, where on a moment's notice you can say, I have 16 initiatives. You, you probably could name them off just like that. You know your business. So can you talk a little bit about, to other entrepreneurs and other founders, about having a, a, such a handle on your business at this point that you're in a position to go over that tipping point?
2: What has it meant to you in terms of being able to succeed? For me, the number one thing is to surround yourself and continuously increase surrounding yourself with great people. And I think that is the number one thing because Every constraint that we have is a people constraint. It's not an opportunity constraint. Uh, so even the conversation Tracy and I having yesterday morning is you know, what are the next two, three hires we need to make in terms of growing the piece? And as we found great people, that initiative has just taken off. That private label brands, we hired this amazing person that Tracy brought on board and she's just taking it to a whole new level. Um, so that is the one thing. The second thing is, uh, particularly in the business we are in, which is fashion and retail, data, and how you look at data and Tracy, you had an amazing sort of quote about data yesterday. The, Did I? Y- you were talking about this uh, this research that was done where data is not data is not data.
3: Oh, that's right. You know, I was I was talking to Manisha about the book. Have you guys read the the Undoing Project?
2: No, oh. no, I haven't heard of that.
3: It's uh, two two. Um, psychologists that basically won the Nobel Peace Prize for economics based on their work on data and how uh, we all look at data as if it's truth, but actually we misinterpret it all the time. And it's shocking how much we misinterpret data. So Manish and I were just talking about that, applying that principle to our business and how we have to be very disciplined about really looking at the numbers to understand what's going on. What's the name of the book again? The Undoing Project. It's a Michael Lewis book.
0: So just to round this out, what are your two core
2: focuses going forward right now? So for us, the first one is really how to continue to scale uh, the connection between our seller stylist and our brands. And the second is how do we continue to help seller stylists scale their business, which is projects like helping them make styling decisions more efficiently, manage their inventory more efficiently, manage their accounting more efficiently. So basic tools that they need to kind of continue to scale their business. Now, when you say
0: basic tools, are you talking from a product standpoint that you're able to deliver? Like, where where is the focus on the product?
2: Yeah, some of them will be in the product. Some of them will be in integration with other products. Um, For example, today, if you want to produce our shipping labels in volume, there are some constraints. We have to remove those constraints. So it's really the blocking and tackling as everyone is spinning and building bigger and bigger businesses on the platform our focus is shifting in many ways to help them scale and then to help them basically remove any barriers that they have around them. Oh, my God. Are you guys going to be doing dropship?
0: Perhaps. That smile was perfect. <laughs> that, that, that makes he complete so sense. is so mysterious. No, but that makes complete sense. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Interesting. How are you controlling the branding? Um, so right now, are you giving packaging materials like a Shoptex where they like, give the bows and the ba- boxes? And no, that the beauty stuff
2: and- of Poshmark is that the branding... So we don't think of ourselves as being in the fashion business at all. Yeah. We think of ourselves as partners in 2 we million We still want plus- the messaging to come across when somebody receives a Posh But we're, we're partners item. in 2 million fashion businesses, right? So each business, really each of our seller stylists is a mini brand. And you know when I went to these one of these physical events, one of our sellers, stylists, uh, there were six women who came up to her and said, "I love your stuff." She was like a mini celebrity at this event. Yeah. So they are creating their own brands. They are the next generation of yeah. the Tory Burches and the Recamencovs that they are kind of going through and creating their own identities in the fashion world.
0: Tracy, what would be uh, the perfect brand to get going forward?
3: Oh, you're just putting me on the spot. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And this could be from a personal interest. It doesn't have to be from a business standpoint either. So first, two two quick ones. One that you've already gotten, which you're like, amazing. I'm super excited to be working with them. And and that's not to diminish the value of any of the other brands. I'm just saying something that per, that hit your heart. And then going forward, who would be another one?
3: Okay, well, one question's easier than the other because it's in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think, you know, speaking with uh, Uri and Rebecca and yeah. getting them testing the platform is perfect. Our shoppers absolutely love the brand, and because they're so savvy with uh, innovation in the digital mm-hmm. space, it just made perfect sense. So we were very, very happy with with that uh, partnership. And uh, going forward, you know, also speaking for our community, my pipe dream is I'd love to get Nike on board. Nike yeah. one of our top brands, both across men and women. They're obsessed with not just the shoes yeah is pretty common but the clothing as well so it'd be great to to work with them
1: great all right perfect moment we're going to take a quick break and when we come back more with tracy sun and manish chandra of poshmark and around a lightning round of off the grid questions (laughs) right after this on fashion is your business on location at shop talk be right back email blasts are history And customers should only get emails that are relevant and meaningful to them. And I'd like to tell you about a game-changing email marketing platform that's creating big results for fashion e-commerce brands. It's Klaviyo. And if you haven't yet taken a close look at Klaviyo, you should. And here's why. Clavio gives fashion e-commerce marketers the capability to segment, personalize, automate, and analyze their email and advertising campaigns for more money and better customer engagement. And they do it by activating the data that fashion e-commerce brands have about their customers, including browsing and shopping history. So that in a matter of clicks, brands can reach their customers with highly personalized communication. So personalized, in fact, that top fashion brands are able to play the role of personal. Personal stylist in their emails to customers. All evidence is that Clavio stands ready to be one of the most important marketing and conversion tools your fashion brand will ever possess. The first step in refining email and ad targeting and increasing conversion rates is to start a conversation with a visit to Clavio.com. That's K L A V I Y O.com. Join the thousands of fashion e commerce marketers already upping their game with
0: Calavio. You can follow Fashion
3: is Your Business on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B I Z Show. Episodes available at fashionasyourbusiness.com and listen and subscribe wherever the best podcasts are found. Welcome
1: back to Fashion is Your Business on location at Shop Talk. We're, of course, here with uh, uh, Manish Chandra and Tracy's son of Poshmark. This is a lightning round of... It's time for questions off the grid with fashion
2: is your business
1: off the grid questions where we ask questions, frankly, a little off the grid, more personal in nature. Uh, We've no idea what we're going to ask, no idea what our co-hosts are going to ask or the order. We solve all that with a spin of the very Vegas appropriate wheel of grid destiny. I'm going to give it a quick spin, figure out who goes first, spin in the wheel. And the first question comes to Pavan.
0: Lightning round, Pavan. Sure. Um, so I'll start with you, Tracy. Uh, what is a characteristic, like a personal characteristic that you can point to that has um, helped you in your professional career?
3: And that, that would be grit, just willing to put your head down and, and do the hard work. And that's work. always
2: been a common theme always in your been
3: life? there, yeah.
2: And Manish? For me, it's always going with my gut. And really, Intuition. every time I've violated it, it's been hard.
0: Got it. So we should be playing blackjack together later. Absolutely. All right, cool. <laughs> all you right. You can stay on 15s and 16s. You, that's fine. You, you can lose
1: all, <laughs> my, all your money with my <laughs> yeah, 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 Another spin of the Wheel of Good Destiny. And uh, it comes to me, leaving, uh, putting uh, putting Liz on deck. That's okay. And uh, the, the question is this. What is the first piece of technology in your own personal lives, even as a kid, that you remember caught your attention? You're like, this is cool. It could even be something, it could be a toy. It could be just something that said, technology can be interesting.
3: I remember, this isn't the first, but it's the it's the one I remember best. Mm-hmm. Uh, those You remember those Walkmans that were yellow and they had yep. this strap that goes around the yeah. there? They strap. Mine was just yellow. Really? It was all, all like, like, sports yellow, and I would put headphones on with the, my mixtape in,
0: Hell yeah. and I would
3: walk around New York City just, like, bopping out to whatever music I was listening what to. What
0: station did you get, uh, did you record off of?
3: Oh, this, I don't even think it was stations. It was sitting there with tapes, recording tape to tape from my friends. No, no, no and, I'm
0: talking about your mixtapes. I used to, like, record off of, like, Hot 97 and, uh, and
3: I Oh, I was a Z100. Okay, fair Z100 fair girl. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, for me, it was a Tinker Toy. I don't know if you remember. These are the sticks yes. and things. And uh, one of my aunts had got it from from the United States. And I was in India, and I was making it with a little motor. And that was sort of yes. the first time I was fascinated with this whole sort of notion of technology.
0: Nice. All
1: right, so Poshmark built from Tinker Toy and Walkman. Got it. And <laughs> a final spin of the wheel. And, of course, cross <laughs> elimination, it comes to Liz Basilar.
4: So what? Part of your job. I understand that you like what you do. We are, we do. I like what I do too. But what part of doing your job that you actually don't like? For me, it's travel. Like, there's, I love going around the world, but I don't like to travel <laughs> that much. How about you? Sometimes it's working life balance. What is it about having to do your job that poses a challenge for you?
2: For me, it is sometimes having to. Uh resolve like team conflict issues and sort of interpersonal issues that is not always as fun.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes fun, just not always.
3: <laughs> I think one thing that can be hard for me, as you know, earlier Manish mentioned, we have 16 initiatives and really focusing on two. It's, it's hard sometimes when you get an idea and you just, you're really passionate about it and you have to shelve it and put it aside because you know it's not going to get prioritized. That can be hard.
1: Excellent. And uh, I'm going to ask each of you uh, if you have a brief final thought that you'd like to leave. You can reflect on this interview, talk about your experience at Shop Talk or just in general.
2: I would say, you know, for everyone who's listening, do what you want to do, full of love and heart, and that'll take you wherever you need to go.
3: How can I? I mean, how do I follow that? I don't even understand.
1: Yeah. That was gravitas. The
3: voice—it's so like I'm I like, know. It's So inspired. <laughs> <laughs> your voice is pretty good I too.
1: <laughs>
0: so, just Tracy, just say it with love and conviction, and look into our eyes. <laughs> Go ahead, your turn.
3: No, no, <laughs> no t- I t- I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. me right, nervous. Well, we'll 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 leave it at
0: that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Mic <Mike laughs> drop goes uh, to I, the I, I, I
1: I like to I like to offer the guests a chance to have the audience reach out. Uh, what would be the best way to connect
2: with you, whether it's through Poshmark or even directly?
3: You can find me on, on Twitter, or Instagram. It's at Tracy T-R-A-C-Y underscore S-U-N.
2: And for me it's Mark M-A-R-R-C on Twitter. M-A-R-R-C. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> why? That's a very deep question. We'll save it for the next uh, show. we'll save um, it for the next show. All time. right. cliffhanger. So next Don't next, use time,
3: next yeah. time on
1: Fashion Is Your Business, we find out. Uh, thank you both, Tracy Sun and Manish Chandra from Poshmark, for joining us. What a wonderful interview. Enjoy the rest of Shop Talk. All right, so that's it for this episode of Fashion Is Your Business for Liz Basilar. Bye-bye. And Puppin and Ball. Shake it easy, guys. Hi, I'm Mark Rako. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>
3: This has been Fashion Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.